for listening to episodes one through four. Here is episode five. This one took a while to record this month due to the holiday. It was really hard, but I appreciate everyone who has been here to hear Alex's story. Here is episode five, Deceived. Thanksgiving that I would have to spend without Alex. He was always by my side since he was little. He was so excited for the mashed potatoes, especially, and the pumpkin pie, especially my mashed potatoes. He said, Mom, I don't like store-bought mashed potatoes. I love the way that you make your mashed potatoes. He loved the homemade mashed potatoes. This year, I was another empty chair without him. But what I did in honor of him is we got a Popeye's turkey. That's where he was going to start working the next day. The Popeye's in Rio Rancho. He was so excited. So this year, I decided, you know, that would be special. Nothing is the same when you're missing the glue of the family. And if you know Alex... He was the light of our family. My dad passed away when I was 13. And even though the world would judge and everything, I ended up getting pregnant with Alex senior year and had him just two weeks before prom. Now, was it hard? Yeah, it was hard. Especially because you go on thinking that you're going to spend the rest of your life with that person and bring more children into the world. And You know, as a little girl, you picture your wedding and the children that you're going to have, the house you're going to buy. And it's just sad when life ends up not going the way that you envision it. But what can we do? 
we're all human and we try and we all make mistakes. Alex, though, I never looked at him as a mistake. I looked at him as a blessing. I was so depressed after my dad passed away. And when I found out I was pregnant with him, it not only gave me motivation, but it gave me motivation to be the best mom I could be, to go to college, to support him, and to do what I needed to do to be the best mom that I could be. And I was young. It was scary. Me and his dad used to talk about having children at the age of 25 and possibly getting married, and we wanted three kids. But sometimes life doesn't work out the way that you envision it. So back to the month of November. November is not only hard because Alex isn't physically here now, but November is also the anniversary of that awful day, November 29th, when I got home and one of Alex's so-called friends left him there to die. So, you know, dealing with flashbacks and things that come up, but I'm learning how to put all of this pain into purpose and doing special things on those days to remember it in a way that Alex would want to. And that's doing something special to give back on days like that. So I did it some. I did something special yesterday for you. But I'll get back into Alex's story. When he passed away, it just seemed like everybody knew what I needed at that time. Nobody wanted me to talk. I felt like I was a robot and everybody's puppet. I wasn't in reality. I was just asking God in my head and looking around the house for my son, Alex. And I just would ask myself, is this really my new life now? It was just not too long ago that I was training for a position in my career on Graveyard. Alex didn't want me to work nights again, but I told him I had to take the promotion due to the $10,000 in damages caused from the people who broke into our home and stole everything they could and damaged everything that they could. I'm still suffering the financial effects three years later now, almost three years. The month before Alex passed, I got behind on my car payment. Everything just kept piling up. But looking at my son, the last thing I wanted him to do was worry about bills or, or anything at all because he had been through so much that year. He had just stopped working at the mall and his girlfriend at the time, who acted like she was madly in love with him, called him and dumped him about a month and a few weeks before he passed away. She called him crying on FaceTime and she said she couldn't be with him anymore. My son came out of his room, and he came to me, and he looked like he had been crying. And if you know my son, he wouldn't cry unless it was something that really, really hit his heart. He didn't like for people to call him a crybaby or make fun of him because of things he had went through as a child when he would try to express emotions. He was just so heartbroken. It looked like somebody had ripped his heart out, and it just broke my heart to see him like that. It made no sense to me about their breakup. They had seemed happy I even let her go see him in the hospital the month before. 
She was one of the only visitors that was allowed in the ICU. She knew about his heart problems and lung problems. It just didn't make sense. Alex felt so abandoned, and here I had trusted people again. You know, I had got to know her and her mom and everything. And it just breaks my heart to see him in that pain that night. I can sit here and picture the time that he came out of his room that night. I gave him a hug and I told him, honey, come here. I said, do you want to talk about it? He said, I just don't get it, mom. He said, you know, I always had to go to the mall. Like I did everything that I needed to do. I did everything that she told me to do. He just seemed stressed out. He said, I was always going to the mall. I listened to her. I did everything that she told me to do. And it just made me sad to see him sad because everybody would always disappoint him. But there I was. I was always by his side and with no judgment. I told him, you could tell me anything, son. That's, you know, that was the open policy that we had. Because the way I grew up after my dad passed away, I couldn't talk about anything to my mom. And so that was one thing I told him, don't ever feel like you can't talk to me about something. So it just breaks my heart for the next part because three days before he passed away, we were walking at the mall and I noticed the mall shop that he was working at was closed and he chuckled and he said yeah they only made a hundred dollars in the last few weeks that they were open i was in shock i said i'm sorry that you got hurt son especially at your weakest i know what that feels like to have your heart ripped out by the one person that you thought would love you and be there for you at your weakest time and that's why i started this first episode with the song Black Nikes because I saw how heartbroken he was and I told him, son, why don't you write about it? Why don't you sing about it? And he sang two songs and he wrote two songs about the breakup and he expressed all that pain into his music and I was so proud of him. I had listened to bits and pieces of it because he had his email installed on my phone too. That way I could monitor his account and everything. And so I got to hear that song and the pain that he expressed in it. I didn't tell him that I listened to it. He would have got upset, but I just couldn't resist. I knew that he was heartbroken. And I listened to that song on that morning drive on my way home from work. And I just gave him a hug when I got home and took him to school that morning and tried to talk to him about everything. You try to be a loving parent and guide your child on the right path. And you try to tell them that you're there for them, that they can talk to you. And our teens still struggle to talk. Alex was really vulnerable at that time. He had just went through that really hard breakup. When you go through a breakup with somebody you really care about, what does that lead to? More vulnerability. He was doing so good. I was so proud of him. Since he had got discharged from the ICU, I had my eyes on him like a hawk.
I didn't let him go with anybody that wasn't approved by me. He was on strict medication for his heart and his lungs at that time. It wouldn't be until the week before he passed away when a vulture got into his DMs right after Valentine's Day. And I wouldn't find this out until after he passed away. Then I was told that this girl who killed him was threatening her and wanted to fight her and was sending her text messages. After Alex passed away, she went through his phone that whole night while I was waiting for APD to get custody of that phone and go back the next day. And I'm so glad that they got his phone back. I asked her mom for those messages and she said that she had already deleted them. And I just didn't understand because it seems like after Alex passed away, I've been the only one that's wanted to seek justice or do anything and everybody just wanted me to get over it. It just didn't make sense. I don't understand why people delete any evidence unless there's something deeper to hide. So that didn't make sense to me either. She said that she had felt like it was her fault at the funeral. I said, what was your fault? She said, his death. And I said, don't think like that, honey. I was very nice to her. She just looked traumatized as I was sitting, you know, up in the front row as my son's body was in that casket. I just didn't understand it. It didn't even feel real that day. And it just made me so sad because back to the holidays, her and her mom got to spend Christmas with him. They always wanted him to go over and now the holidays are coming up. Christmas is coming up. I'm having the hardest time because I miss him even more on the holidays. I still have the gingerbread house that we were going to make that night. But his girlfriend and his mom seem to be taking over. At that time, I thought it was because they cared. But in all reality, everyone was scared what Alex was going to expose. He told me two days before he died that when he came home, when he was upset that I wouldn't let him eat pizza the next day and go hang out with Thorn, he said, Mom, they changed. And he was talking about porn. He wanted to go eat pizza with her and her mom. And he said, they've changed. You let me go over to my ex-girlfriend's house and her mom, her and her mom's house. How come you won't let me go there, mom? They're worse. And I said, no, they're not. I got to know her mom. I talked to her mom about everything. You know, it seemed like we had an open dialogue every time that you would go and hang out with her and vice versa. One thing that I didn't like is the encouragement of him having to spend the night at the house to see her because I didn't allow girls to spend the night at my house to see my son, but I guess that's how parents are these days and I'm not a cool parent. So I was nervous about that. I can't believe that I did that. I think maybe one of the reasons I did is because of that day when I got home and I found Alex dead and had to save him with Narcan and he was in the hospital and the ICU and I just wanted to make sure that if he was with somebody at least I knew that there was an adult and he was safe and I knew where he was and he wasn't hanging out with his friends. I would rather him hang out with the girl 
who I think is going to be a positive role model on him than friends that are not good role models. So back to what Alex was saying two days before he died. He said, Mom, you think they were so innocent? He said, you didn't really know what they're about. And I can't say much about that conversation and what he said. But I couldn't believe what I was hearing. The words that were coming out of my son's mouth. And the things that he was saying. I just hadn't heard that word since the day that we got robbed. I couldn't believe that I had been lied to by another mother all along. Even after he was in the ICU. What I don't understand is when you're in a relationship or you have friendships, your relationships, the other person and friendships are supposed to want to see you do good. You don't give your friends drugs. You don't offer the person you love drugs, something that can hurt them. But I know that's what seems to be cool these days, and it's not. My son was betrayed. He had been lied to all along by so many people before he passed away. And the list just keeps going on. I just can't imagine how much pain he must have been in. Seeing the way people talk to him. And the ugly messages. The way that they treated him the week before he passed. Is the way that they all started to treat me. And I would experience what he went through. These teenagers, they go through so much these days. There's so much hate. There's so much bullying. It's just such a different time for them. And mental health isn't something that they feel like they can talk about. Like Alex used to say, he said, Mom, I can't tell people I'm in counseling or doing anything. They'll think I'm crazy. They just call you mental. So he never liked to talk about things like that openly, that he was in counseling or what was going on, you know, when his father had got arrested for smoking fat and all with him and he was in the hospital and almost died. People just talk rather than ask somebody if they're okay and why did they use that and what's really going on. That's what we're trying to do now is erase all of this stigma because it's not okay. And Alex had so much future. He had so much to give. His life was robbed at 16 years old. And some people just take life for granted. And I would give anything to have Alex here with me physically. But I know that he's walking right by my side and he's been one of my strongest angels showing me everything that he went through. Me and him had a very special bond. And it just hurts me when things and people hurt him and any parent will understand that. You don't want to see your kids in pain. You want to see them flourish and grow into the beautiful person that you raised them to be. To go into the world and be nice to other humans 
and treat them the way that they would want to be treated. And you're not supposed to bully your friends. You're not supposed to encourage them to steal cars and rob people or take their shoes. You don't encourage your friends to do bad things, especially knowing what they're going through. So unfortunately, Alex passed away and he was sad. My baby was sad when he passed away and he took his last breath. I never got closure. I never got to go to the scene and be with him and see him. I was robbed. I was deceived. Alex was deceived. Everybody lied to us. That's why Alex always told me that people don't care, mom. Don't bother telling them my story. Don't tell them about my childhood and why we moved to Albuquerque and everything I went through. He said, people don't care, mom. And you know what, son? After you passed away, I can see everything that you told me all along. And I'm grateful for the ones that have been by my side and do care and do want to make this world a better place. But it was after he passed away that I learned to stop talking as much and stop telling people about his death or anything because at the end of the day, we live in a cold world, unfortunately, and not everybody's going to make the time of the day to listen to you, to truly listen to you and not treat you like you're crazy. I am so grateful for all the support systems that I now have in place because I was way too isolated after his death. And isolation is the worst when everybody just wants you to be their puppet and wants to deceive you so you can't see what's really going on in front of you and you can't see the truth. Everyone was lying to him in the end. He just went through so much pain. And he unfortunately trusted the wrong people the wrong friends, the wrong girls in the end. And I'm thankful for the ones that were good to my son and the ones that respected him, the ones that encouraged him, the ones that stood by his side, the ones that listened to him. Because you have to be there for your friends. It just makes me sad that he was leered over there that night. It was like she was selling him a car. She would try to tell him anything to get him over there to eat pizza. And it just breaks my heart. Because Alex went through so much already in his childhood. And when children go through adverse childhood effects, they are more likely to experiment with substances. That's why it's important to talk to somebody if you need help, to get help, that you have family, you have people that care about you and love you. 
And that's why I know I want to change the stigma in our community because the way I was treated after my son passed away, it's not okay. And these are not all overdoses. These are poisonings too. I hear the word overdose a lot. And when somebody doesn't know that something is in a substance that they're trying, they're poisoned. That's poison. And I'm determined to stop that poison. So it's best to not experiment at all. And that's why I'm sharing my son's story to spread awareness. And if I can reach one teenager or other parents and let them know that they're not alone, because I know it's awful. After Alex got out of the ICU two months before he passed away, I was terrified. I told myself, my God, it could take one time for him to try something again. And if it has fentanyl, it's going to kill him. And everybody knew this. And I made sure that they knew this. Alex said that her and her mom were fully aware that night. And they wouldn't try fentanyl or do anything that there wasn't going to be drugs there. So I just don't understand. But I'm going to continue to live for my son and I will not give up on justice for Alex because the system is broken and we need to change that. We, we need to make it better for our future youth. So thank you for listening to the fifth episode of the broken system story of my son, XO Alex, also known as Alexander Lack.